Adoption Now, telling your adoption story, sharing real stories of the joys and challenges of adoption. Now, here's the host of Adoption Now, April Fallon. Hi, welcome to Adoption Now, telling your adoption story. I'm your host, April Fallon. Thank you for tuning in. If you've never heard our show before, we're a Denver radio program and a national podcast. We tell adoption stories from the perspective of the adoptive parent, the birth parent, or the adoptee. I am a mother of four adopted children, all under the age of eight and two still in diapers. We have said yes to seven placements, and through it all, we've become an interracial family. We cover all adoption topics on this show. My husband and I have told our full adoption stories, and you can find those podcasts at adoption-now.com. All of our podcasts are available on iTunes. Today, I am so honored to have one of my favorite people in the adoption world on the show today. Christine Thurman is a lawyer from Florida, and she changed my perspective on adoption and restored my joy in the journey. And I really mean that. Um, We were starting to feel like all agencies and lawyers were just in it for the money. And when we got into a situation last year, we needed a lawyer quick. When we got connected to Christine, everything changed for us. We found her last March, 2017. We did bring our baby home and people kept asking us how to get on Christine's adoption list. She's not an adoption lawyer, but she's a family practice lawyer that happens to do adoptions. We have a great story for you today and how Adoption Now was involved in an adoption and it was the best day of all of our lives. Christine, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. Okay. So tell us your perspective on adoption. Well, my perspective is we always need to be involved in situations that, one, we feel God has led us into and to follow the path that, you know, honors, you know, our our mission and passion. So when you do family law, like breaking up families and domestic violence and deal with mental health um, clients, it's always wonderful to be able to balance out your practice and bring families together and provide homes for children who so desperately need love and, and compassion and people who want to be there for them for the entirety of their life. And you are working for the adoptive parent, which is such a difference. When I started working with you is that you were on our side. I mean, you loved our birth mother, who was very challenging, but you were working for us and you kept saying, what do you want me to do? And we kept talking through things and you gave great advice, but it didn't feel like you were backing me into a corner as many people feel telling me I had to do this or send me the check or you owe me this amount of money because then the joy gets sucked out of your journey. And that's what I love about you is that you are very heartfelt and you believe God has called you to do this and that God is in adoption. And so I just, I love you so much. And I I love that we are about to tell this really exciting story that happened um, between the two of us because our story be- between you and I was amazing, right? Bringing home Malia was uh, a big miracle. But then a couple months later, you call me while we're on this. <laughs> My husband and I were doing this adoption event and we get this call from you that there's a baby in the hospital that the mother thought she was pregnant, but the doctor kept telling her, no, you're not pregnant. No, you're not pregnant. What? Like eight times. And then she delivers a baby. Tell us about this birth mother. So I get a call on Saturday morning. Um, it's about 11 o'clock in the morning, and I'm at my house uh, from one of my social workers that says we've got an adoption situation at one of the hospitals here in town where I practice. And she said it's one of the college students and that she, what we're calling a ghost pregnancy. Um, she had delivered the night before about 12 hours, and she was already ready to check out of the hospital. So I look down and I realize, oh gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm about an hour away, meaning I have to change clothes, I've got to get to my office, I've got to go get documents printed out, and then I've got to get to the hospital 
because she's literally ready to walk out of the hospital. And it's only 12 hours. Um, she did not have a C-section, and she was strong enough from her delivery that the doctors had, in essence, already signed her discharge documents. So that's where it started. Um, so after I get to the hospital, I meet my social worker there, I realize this is a really unique situation because she had gone into the hospital the night before. She had waited tables that afternoon and went to the hospital Friday night um, under the impression that she was having some abdominal pain. Um, and, and when I say you see this birth mom, there was no outward appearances that she was pregnant. She's in her early 20s, very physically fit, um, had no stomach at all from, to show pregnancy. So the hospital had even treated her with morphine before they ran yet another pregnancy test. She had, um, she had had multiple pregnancy tests uh, over the term of her pregnancy, all of which had been negative. She had other test results and what I was later described as a ghost pregnancy, which I had never been told about before, applied in this situation. So it's about 1 o'clock in the afternoon. She, uh, she decides that she's picking families. So I had brought a handful of books, not sure who, you know, who she'd be looking at, what type of family. Um, and then she tells me that her parents were coming up from South Florida and would be there any time. And I realized at that point she hadn't even told her parents that she had delivered a child because... Notably, she didn't even know she was pregnant 24 hours before. Oh, my goodness. And she's a college athlete, right? Correct. She's a college athlete. I mean, you can't even fathom not showing at all, being that in shape. Well, and that was the unique part of this, um, or one of the unique parts of this case is, from all outward appearances, you know, the hospital staff, I, I truly believe, wouldn't have given her morphine had she shown any signs of pregnancy when she walked in. I mean, literally, there's... Her ankles, ankles weren't swollen. She had no stomach at all. She was very trim. Um, she had said she had had some periodic period, per, uh, periods of nausea um, in the last handful of months, but she had worked, gone to class, worked out every day, had no idea she was pregnant. When you say that you brought books, describe that. If somebody doesn't even know the adoption journey or how to get on your list, what do you mean by books? Okay, so my, um, my adoptive families provide me with either a hardbound, uh, we call them profile books, or an electronic version. So the profile book generally is about 10 to 15 pages. It will have photos of the couple or the family. It'll talk about their interests, their likes, what they do, why they want to adopt. So when I get a hospital drop, like this situation where we've got a birth mom who's already ready to check out of the hospital, I will take a handful Typically, it's as many as I can get in my hands and go up to the hospital, and I will sit down with the birth mom, and I will, after we do her intake documents, figure out what type of family she's looking to place her child with. In this case, I didn't have that kind of time, meaning I showed up at the same time the social worker arrived, knowing that she had literally been pacing, ready to go. So we had to even change rooms from where she was sitting um, because her parents were downstairs, and she did not want to tell her parents that one, she had had a child, and two, she was picking a family and would be walking out of the hospital placing this child. So we moved rooms with my, oh my social goodness. worker. And she, right. So we show her these books, um, and literally 10 or 15, and she went through each of them. Um, it was the cover. She looked at the cover first of each book, and then it was she picked out the, uh, like three or four that she was really interested in, and then she read more about the families. Um, so at that point, she made a selection, and we, I, I told her to give me her first, second, and third choices, to which she did. She handed me the books in that order. Um, and, of course, two of the three families she selected were out of state. And so the first family that she selected was in Chicago, but they had been matched. 
watched. And so you went through, I mean, I just think of the trauma that all of you guys were going through and the stress is you're there, you're bringing these books, but now you have to keep the, the parents away. You got to keep the, the parents happy because she doesn't want to tell the parents, but she's probably in complete shock. She thought she was going in for a stomach ache and now she's picking a family for her baby. And so it's going so fast. And so she picks his family. They, they're already matched. And so you go to number two and that is Heather and Nate. That's right. So I, 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 we pick up the phone, um, and I'm trying to get Heather and Nate on the phone, and I realized fairly quickly um, after I left a message on both phones, I texted both phones, and I didn't get a response back. And usually when I'm the one calling, I will send a follow-up text like, urgent, call me immediately, we've got a placement. And after about 15 minutes, I realized, okay, I'm not hearing back. So I jumped on Facebook Messenger, um, and then I looked on their intake documents, and I called every number um, that they had listed, and then I got on Facebook off my phone and started messaging people that I knew that had a connection to this couple. And so when you called me, I'm like, I, I don't know them. And you're like, it's your family from Adoption Now. I'm like, what what state? And he said, North Carolina. And I went, oh, my goodness, it's our family. And my husband and I, we were freaking out. We we're calling them nonstop. I'm calling everybody that I also know knows them. They're calling my girlfriend who knows them was driving around in her car looking for anyone that she could to say, where is Heather and Nate? This is their moment. There's a baby in the hospital. That's a healthy baby boy. The mom is about to sign paperwork and leave. This is a chance of a lifetime. Answer your phone. I mean, we were all freaking out and I'm thinking if they don't answer and you're saying if they don't answer April, I got to go to number three because we got to get somebody out here. And number three was local. Right. Yeah. The the third family did not know and still does not know that within about four minutes um, of Heather calling me, they would have gotten a placement, a a Caucasian male. He's beautiful. Um, And yeah, so Heather calls me and says, um, and I think I literally said to her, she reminded me, I was like, you have no idea that I'd already typed in the next family's number into my phone. It was just about to hit send when April texted me and said, give them a couple more minutes. I was was begging you. I was begging you. I'm like a couple more minutes. I mean, I was just thinking, what if I'm that mom and you missed your baby by 10 minutes? Just give her a four. And you're like, come on, April. So we set the time. Remember, you're like, look at the time. If it's not whatever it was, 1115, I don't know. We all have different times because we're on different time zones. But if they don't call by then, I have to move on to the next. And I kept thinking, maybe I should just let her because, you know, it would have been easier. That family was in Florida. And so that's a big right. weight on you as well as a lawyer is trying to decide, like, what is God saying and where does this baby belong? And when do we give up and move to the next person? And there's a lot going on, Christine. Yeah. Besides the fact that this is one of those Saturday afternoons that I hadn't planned to be at the hospital all day. And then I have a birth mom who, of course, is rushing me and is in a panic to get out of the hospital to avoid having this confrontation with her parents that she didn't want to have. And then I have, you know, I, I have three families, one of which is backed out. I have another family who has been selected. Our birth mom wanted that family, and then I can't get them on the phone. And I'm thinking, okay, so I'm about to change the path of somebody's life very quickly, but I also wanted to honor the birth mom wishes that, that that's the family that she wanted. And but for that couple of minutes, I, I know that I put the phone, and I know I was about to hit send right when Heather called in. Oh, my so goodness. Heather calls in, no, we have to take a break. When we oh. come back. We're going to bring Heather on and talk about when she actually called. And then I was thinking, what if she calls and she says they can't do it? 
we've worked this hard and they say, well, this bad timing or, you know, she's too nervous because she's in a different state and how is she going to get there? There were all these things going on. It was very, very exciting. We have to take a break. When we come back, we're going to bring on Heather. You're listening to Adoption Now. We'll be right back. This is Denver's all-new 94.7 FM, The Word. Hi, this is Bethany Miller, the Director of Events and Media here at Adoption Now. Thanks to you, Adoption Now just keeps growing. We want to give you an opportunity to start sponsoring locally here in Denver and nationally through our podcast. In return, we want to support your business through advertising on this program and on our new donor page. It's a great way to show that you and your company support adoption. Help us keep telling adoption stories so we can encourage the adoption community and bring families the resources they need. If you're interested, contact me at bethany at adoption-now.com. Together, we can give adoption a voice. Welcome back to Adoption Now. I'm your host, April Fallon. Today, we're talking to Christine Thurman, a lawyer from Florida who does adoptions. And Adoption Now was involved in this adoption story, and it was very exciting. We had just adopted a baby. We brought our baby home in March last year. And now in June, there's this hospital drop where the baby is there. The mother is about to sign, and there's no parent, uh, adoptive parent, to take the baby. So we are trying to find... Heather and Nate, we can't find them. We've been calling them. There's this baby. And Christine, you are just working like mad trying to figure this out. Should you go into couple number three? Um, how long are we going to stay, you know, annoying them, calling them, Facebooking them? And then what? So right at the moment, I'm about to hit my send button for couple number three. Heather calls into my phone. And I don't know it's Heather. It's just a number that I recognize, an out-of-state number. So I'm like okay, hopefully this is them. So, of course, um, I say hello, and, and Heather says, um, this is Heather. I think you've been trying to get in touch with with us. And I was like, Heather, you have no idea that I was just about to hit the send button, um, that we have a baby here, and you were selected for this baby. Heather, welcome to the show. Hey. What were you doing? Well, um, we had... Um, had a long week with our kids VBS uh, for church and so we decided that we would go on a lazy river tubing trip <laughs> with our friends. So you so didn't we have your phone with you? Didn't have our phones. Yeah, we, we were just like, I'm not going to risk it. We'll leave our phones in the car. So for Listen, two hours, we were phoneless. <laughs> I, my advice to families that are waiting, never leave your phone, take it with you, plan a vacation because that's exactly when your baby's coming. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it's always when you when you just least expect it. Here's the baby. Okay, so you get to your phone, and how many missed phone calls did you have? Between phone calls and text, I mean, there had to be a hundred people trying to find us. It was, oh my goodness, it was insane. How long had yeah. you been waiting for a baby? Um, we had been in the process for about eight months. Okay. Um, and we had been on Christine's list for maybe three or four months And at that point. why did you choose adoption? Um, well, a lot of reasons. Um, it's the, the biggest reason was um, our struggle through infertility. Um, we just kind of knew that that's where God was pushing us. You know, 
there weren't any, you know, real huge reasons why we weren't able to get pregnant that the doctors could tell us um, for sure. So we were like, okay, you know, we've waited nearly five years. What do we do now? Um, so, uh, I mean, I knew a few years into infertility that we were we were going to be looking at adoption, and, and adoption might be the the option. So we um, we really just kind of struggled through that, and then decided, okay, well, we'll just try this and see what happens. And I mean, God just kind of like wrote the playbook for our entire story. I mean, He just really orchestrated the entire thing. We were like, okay, you know, sort of lackadaisically going through this, like oh, what do we do that? We do this home study. Okay, we got this book now. Okay, we got, you know, it was just one thing after another. And I just feel like mm-hmm. every time we needed something, God just provided. And I, I mean, we uh, friends of ours gave us a crib. I was like, I need a crib for cheap. And they just gave it to us you, so we could do our home study and everything. So. You just have all these people supporting you. So, of course, a hundred people are <laughs> trying to get a hold of you because they <laughs> right. know how long you've waited and that you've done the next steps. Um, to becoming a mother. And I think that that is so important. People feel overwhelmed to start the journey. Just do the next mm-hmm. step and God will help yeah. you through and help you to that baby. And so right. Christine, you connect with her. Did you believe her? Um, at that point, it didn't matter. Like I did believe her, but I couldn't believe I was like, wow. So she said, you know, she said they'd been on the river. I'm like, okay, so no, no, no. I mean, did Heather believe you, Christine? That oh, sorry. <laughs> That's okay. No, of course we believe that she was on the lazy river. Right. No, we believe she was gone. She did believe me. Right. I think she believed me, but I could tell the phone call. She was in like this surreal. What's happening? What does this mean? What am I supposed to do now? Because she said, I have so many missed calls. And I was like, okay, where are you exactly? And how long is it going to take for you to get down to Tallahassee? And so she says, well, we've got to go home and we've got to pack. And I was like, okay, but how many hours is it going to take? Because I know at that point, I think it's about three in the afternoon. And she tells me it's about a nine hour trip. And I'm thinking, okay, so I left my house at like 11 o'clock. I'm going to be here the entirety through the night at that point. So I was trying to plan, okay, I've got this baby. I'm making medical decisions. I've got to figure out one, my animals and my situation. And I'm like, I love this couple already because I could tell she had no idea what what was really about to happen. Like she's driving nine hours to walk into a hospital room and pick up a baby. She has no information about. I can't believe that you stay in the hospital. I've never heard of this before. You did that for us too, because once the mother signs off, right. It has to go somewhere. I mean, you know, the guardianship has to go somewhere and you are willing Christine to say, okay, I'll take on that responsibility. I will stay through the night until that family gets here. And that is so amazing. Our baby got to spend her first night with Christine. Your baby is now spending his first first night with Christine. Tell me what that was like when you're getting everything ready, Heather, and you're throwing things into a suitcase. I was in like total shock. I mean, honestly, I I don't even know what I was thinking. It was just like, is this really happening? I mean, that was literally all I could think. Is this really happening? Is this for real? Like, I feel like we're going to get down there and it's going to be like, oh, just kidding. Like, we just really wanted to beat you. (laughs) I mean, it was just like, wow. Like, I mean, it just seemed like so shocking. Surreal. Right? Because you've not had a baby at all. I mean, it's not like you're adding to 
you know, the two you have at home. I mean, you're becoming a mother for the first time. So you're sitting in a car driving for nine hours thinking about what's ahead of you. I can't even imagine that. And then Christine, what was the birth mother doing at this time? Did she leave? Yeah, she did. She left after, after she, um, I think she left around two 30. So we did her documents and it was, um, yeah, we did her documents. She verified that I had gotten in touch with Heather and Nate um, as they would be en route. And I told her that I would be there um, with their baby until they arrived. And she was grateful. She, um, she, her parents were going to take her home. But she did tell me that she wanted to come back the next, the next day um, when they would be discharged because she wanted to meet them because she wanted to see the family that she had selected who had gotten her child. Did she tell her parents? I believe she told her parents, but her parents did not stay at the hospital. I never saw her parents, and they did not come back with her the next day. Wow. She was doing that all on her own. Yeah. she had. I think she had two of her roommates or close friends with her that were in the room with her. One of those uh, friends had also helped her make the selection. They were sitting there reading books, too. Um, And that is the same friend that was there did bring her back the next day. Okay, Heather, you're driving in the car. Are you guys talking about names? Um, yeah, yes. So we were like back and forth about names. We're just like googling it, trying to figure out. Um, I mean, what's gonna? What's a strong name? How do you pick a name in like a matter of nine or ten hours that we have on the road? And and like wrap your mind around. Hey, we're gonna be parents. Like, oh wait, hey, we are parents already. We just have to meet our child. Like. It, it was crazy. So we're we're sitting there just kind of like bouncing names back and forth. And Nate keeps coming back to this name, Kai. Um, and I was like, I don't know. I have this thing about three-letter names that, like, it's just too short. You know, you have to have a long name. Um, but he was like, no, I think that's it. We just we just need to, like, move on. And I was like, okay, and I'm going to trust you. Like, <laughs> So we kind of settled on Kai, um, came up with a middle name. And then... Um, so we, we get down there, um, and... Did you stop and I'm, sleep? I'm, we actually, no, we just came straight. Like, um, there was one point around, like, 2 a.m. that we got kind of tired, so we stopped for um, basically coffee and apple juice, and <laughs> and then we got, a, you know, a little more wind under our wings, and, and we made it, so... What time did you get there? Um, 5 a.m. Yeah. 5 a.m. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so what was that like going to the hospital? Um, so, so we get to the hospital and we're the the parking lot's kind of confusing, but but when we finally figured it out, we parked and then we got out of the car and I was like, you know what? Let's take a last uh, selfie or couple, you know, right before we get a shot. So we took one last picture of like a two person family, <laughs> and um and then we walked in and just like. I mean, the whole way down the hall, it was just like, we are at a a baby ward. Like, we're at a delivery ward. The last time I was here, my, my sister was delivering. Like, I, it was just crazy. It was like, is this really our time? This is our time. Oh, my gosh. Like, this is our time. Was so the hospital was, nice to you? They were very nice. Like, they were, I mean, once we were in, it was like, um, it was like they were treating us as if we had had, you know, we had been there the whole time. You know, so it was like, I mean, they were just showing us everything and just, I mean, super, super nice. 
Okay, so what was it like when you walked in and saw him? I just did not know what to think. I I walked in, and I was like, I see Christine standing there, and I'm like, okay, I'm really thankful that I finally get to meet you, but, like, you're holding my child. (laughs) So we just kind of, I think I was smiling so big that I, I like, couldn't hardly talk. (laughs) Um, And then... Honestly, I, I was having this thought, I wonder if this child really is as beautiful as she said he is. You know, everybody thinks babies are beautiful, and even if they're not really, you know. <laughs> but I walk up to him, and I'm like, no, he's super cute. He's, like, beautiful, and and she meant it. <laughs> and was your husband just, what was he like? I, he was the same. I mean, he was just, he was in shock, and I think I think it was easier for him to like get excited and get attached like quickly. Um, but it, it was, I mean, it was just all a super shock. And Christine, what were you doing? Well, at this point I'm looking at my phone right now and I realized they walked in at five twelve AM cause I have their video of them walking in the room. So at this point, I'm not a selfie person, but I think I had taken four just to prove that I had literally been up all night because I've got 202 and then 302 photos taken. So I know I was glassy-eyed. I was so excited for them. Um, and I knew that this, you know, this baby was one of the few times that I've gotten a hospital drop, perfectly healthy, no drug exposure. Mom was in physically really good shape, so I knew this baby was healthy and it was perfect. I mean, just to see their faces and I could tell they were both beyond exhausted, Mm -hmm. surreal moment. And I'm thinking, you guys have no idea. Like this is a one in a million opportunity that this happens like this Mm -hmm. um, with the birth mom who had already left, who wanted to come back, who had no expectation of future communication. It was open and easy. She didn't need birth mom expenses. She didn't want anything but the perfect family for her baby. And she got it. It doesn't happen. It's so amazing. Beautiful. Okay. We are going to have to make this a two part story because I need to know more about the birth mother. She wanted to come back to the hospital. She wanted to see her baby. She wanted to meet the family. So tune in next week as we hear the rest of this adoption story. I am going to post pictures of that first moment you guys all met. And we just want you to tune in next week. Oh, there's the baby. There's Kai. Yep. This is such a great story. Thank you for tuning in to Adoption Now. I'm your host, April Fallon. See you next week. Thanks for tuning in to Adoption Now. If you'd like to tell your story or for more information about Adoption Now, visit the website at adoption-now.com. You can also find them on Facebook or Instagram. Join us next week as we bring you another adoption story on 94.7 FM, The Word.